Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We got a uh, guest with us this evening from the Lady Samba team. Actually scored the first goal in the UPSLW season. Angelica Durland, thank you for, for joining us tonight. How are you doing this evening, Angelica? Doing good. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. We'll, we'll get into your goal here in, uh, in just a little bit, but first we just wanted to uh, kind of tell everybody who you are and, and everything else. So tell us a little bit just about you know where you grew up, where you played high school, and, and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I grew up here in San Antonio, and I played I, uh, I played at Myron High School, and yeah. And, and now you're playing college soccer there uh, for Cisco, is that correct? Yes, I played there for a couple of years, and that was about it. Then I pretty much just did some do some classes here. Sure, yeah. So now have you played forward your, your whole like career or whatever, or is that new to you? Um, most of the coaches put me outside mid because I have a lot of speed and endurance as well just to get the ball up field and <laughs> for forward, um, my coach just put me in there just, you know, because I have speed as well and I guess split skills as well. So that's kind of, it, it's, it's an option, it's optional. <laughs> Well, yeah, you definitely have the speed. I, uh, I want to show everybody the uh, goal that you scored. We'll get into the game here um, that you guys just had recently against the uh, late Coyotes in uh, just a second. But you mentioned that speed, so I just want to show everybody kind of uh, what you're capable of. Now, uh, I, you know, I, I'm watching the goal right now, and I, I don't know what's more impressive, the shot that you had on target or just that first little cutback, you know, that you did in order to get that open space. Um, you know, what was it like scoring that, that first goal there for your club? Uh, it was amazing. First goal scoring for Salt FC. It's pretty big for the start of the season. And, yeah. How are your ankles feeling after that uh, that second tackle there? It looks like you almost got uh, tricked up there pretty bad. Um, they're, they're fine. <laughs> I'm sure you're used to it with uh, that speed comes uh, a lot of hacking, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All part of the game. Harry, I know you're also here with us this evening. My bad, man. Welcome to the show. I just got a little distracted here. How are you doing this evening? Harry? Doing well here. So, uh, you know, I guess my main question is, uh, obviously, you graduated a few years ago. Um, the soccer scene for women here, especially this last couple of years, has just exploded. Um, when you graduated high school, did you ever think that for women's soccer, you know, there would be this many options, you know, for players, um, you know, like yourself that are, you know, just out of college, but, you know, for, you know, young girls coming out of high school and stuff like that, uh, what are your thoughts on the growth of the game here in San Antonio? A lot of the girls in San Antonio, they have a lot of talent. We have, our city's pretty big, pretty big. And um, there's like many, many, many ladies that have, a lot of talent as well so well let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the game obviously you were the first goal scorer uh, I, I take it that was pretty early uh, in the game that you were able to uh, get on the board for Samba and then shortly thereafter they were able to uh, come back and get the equalizer what in the 15th minute so you had two goals there pretty early on uh, in y'all's inaugural match what did you guys do how did y'all come back kind of from that 1-1 one -one draw in order to get the win um well after i, sh I shot mine uh the the lady coyotes they scored another one and we got kind of antsy and i was trying to put some more in as well and go through the clip and um for the second half we were kind of just you know uh kind of like predicting on how we're going to score the other one and uh, one of the girls on my team named andrea she scored it with a header and it was pretty awesome that's awesome so able to get the the first three points there in the uh, inaugural match uh, that's exciting uh, i hear you guys have another upcoming game though here on sunday is that correct Yes, we do. It's against the uh, Olympians, but as you know, if they're changed their name to Sporty FC. Right. So this will be our first match against them. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday. Will that be there at uh, Wheatley Heights? No, no. it's at Warrior Stadium. Yeah. Warrior Stadium, 7.30 p.m. Uh, kickoff for that one? 
It's at four o'clock. Four o'clock, excuse me, I'm just way off on this. I should have asked you before we started recording. Yeah, I got it here. So they play uh, so they play the next two San Antonio teams, the San Antonio Sporty at four on the twenty-sixth on Sunday. Um, and then following on the first there, they play the four o'clock game uh, for Alamo City's home opener as well. So uh, you know, some of the ladies are, are the road warriors, it seems like, uh, for everybody before uh, their home opener, which I believe is the 22nd of June, uh, you know, where they'll uh, return to face uh, Coyotes FC there at Wheatley. So, um, and that game will also kick off at 4.30 um, as well. So Sunday, 4.30 there at Warrior Stadium, you can see Samba, Lady Samba, take on uh, Sporty FC there at Warrior Stadium. So uh, obviously no San Antonio FC game here in San Antonio this weekend. So if you're looking for uh, some action, you've got uh, the game that you can attend. Uh, Angelica, before we let you go, is, is there anybody, just coaches along the way, anybody that you'd like to thank or, or give a shout out to? Uh, I got a shout out to Coach Augie because he's been there with me ever since club. I played for, for club for him and he's pretty much like guided me throughout the years. And so I have to thank him pretty much a lot. <laughs> now, Coach Augie's a great guy and uh, I, I get all the respect and everything that you all have for him. Um, you know, every everybody that I've talked to has a, a lot of love for Coach Augie. So uh, he's, a, he's a special character, that's for sure. Well, Harry, did you have any other questions or anything like that before we let Angelica go back to practice so that she can get there with her team? No, I thought she did a wonderful job, and uh, like I said, Harry can't wait to have her on. Uh, you know, the next time, you know, when maybe she's got the hat trick or you know a brace, so uh, yeah, that way she can explain those as well. Get that golden boot, Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Angelica. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll be right back here. Just going to take like a quick one-minute break to get the show set up for the, the rest of the evening. Again, Angelica, thank you for joining us. Tell Coach Augie we said hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So that was Angelica Durland from Lady Samba uh, with their first goal that you saw. A beautiful goal. We'll show that to you guys one more time just in case you missed it. Uh, like I say, that little cut back there, uh, you can see the speed that she displays as she just pulls away from everybody. And uh, a nice little cut back there at the end. A couple little quick hacks and near post from outside the box. Some shot there. So. Again, their match is going to be Sunday at 4.30 there at uh, Warrior Stadium, uh, Cornerstone. So if you can make it out, uh, I know that they love having uh, the fans out there to support them. But uh, we got a great show tonight, Harry. I'm excited. I, I know we kind of just did the, the Coach T last week. Uh, I, I'm sorry you were unable to join us for that. Uh, any takeaways or just any thoughts, you know, before we kind of get into uh, this evening's show? Any yeah, so... <sighs> How do, how do I say this and not sound like uh, through there? As far as for the coach, when does he take the next step? You know, because as a young guy here, you know, like I said here, and, and you know, maybe a teacher like a lot of so that maybe you know his first passion there. But obviously, with the success and the system that he has, I wonder if one of the local teams or you know, uh, you know, will, will kind of step up um, and and see what he can do you know, on the next level, whether it's, you know, on a professional level, you know, whether it's like, you know, a Corpus Christi team, you know, along those lines there, because um, you can't argue with the success and, and, and like I said here, it's, you know, just, you know, you know, to me, I would love to know kind of what his career path, um, you know, if he has any, any goals outside of that, because, you know, the dude's, you know, wicked smart, it seems like, especially when it comes to the game. Um, and, and, you know, what I really liked about the interview is the player that was on there, you know, he mentioned, hey, you know, he earned his way up from, you know, he worked his way up from junior varsity. And I know, you, you know, you made a comment, you know, not everybody was you know, blessed with, you know, the, you know, the skills right from the start. And, you know, me being, you know, in wrestling, you know, that was my sports background, you know, in high school where that's something that I can relate to where you put in that effort and, and you know, for your senior year or, you know, junior, senior year clicks and, and you see the benefits from, you know, all the time, you know, you know, from junior high and, you know, if, if, if you, you know, if you participated in the youth programs around the town. So I thought it was an awesome, awesome interview. 
Well, yeah, no, like I say, uh, coach is always good to have on, and, and I agree with you. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things that, like he said, just kind of comes down to an individual circumstances and, and everything else. But, yeah, definitely going to try and get him on again. You know, maybe we can talk Trinity or uh, any other things that he has his hands in. Uh, but, you know, we showed you guys the, uh, the goal there from Samba. Uh, this last week, so they ended up winning the match, uh, as you heard, two to one in the uh, the first UPSL women's uh, game uh, for the the whole league. So, uh, what about over there on the uh, the men's side? So on the men's side here, let me get to it here. Um, so we'll switch over. Uh, well, before we get to the men's, I just want to kind of briefly cover because everybody's kind of got their schedule out now. So, you know, since we're you know, talking about the, the women's side here before we transition over to the men's, because the men's is, is a little bit earlier. Um, since we've been on, uh, the Athenians, you know, have, have found a new home at Cibolo Multi Center. Um, what I found interesting, kind of in the release, is they also mentioned that they're going to have a future all girls soccer academy. Um, which for some people it's a sore spot with SAFC that it's, you know, it's only, you know, it's only for boys or, you know, men's. Um, so that was something that I don't think got a lot of play, um, was that, uh, the Athenians are, you know, at some point, you know, hopefully going to be starting, uh, you know, the all girls, uh, soccer Academy. Um, speaking of the Athenians, um, they start, uh, June 1st against the Houston Aces, which actually won the United Women's Soccer League last year. So, uh, talk about coming out uh, on the party, you know, talk, coming out with a tough match to start out with is the defending champs of uh, the United Women's Soccer League. Um, I know the Profiteers are planning on going out and supporting. I know, um, I know they're trying to fill up the park. I don't remember if it's a free game. It is. You know, so it's free. Um, I know I'm looking at possibly the option of um, possibly uh, doing the doubleheader of the 4 o'clock Alamo City because that's over where I live at 4 o'clock and then racing over to uh, the Cibolo Multi event um, you know, to catch the second game since uh, SAFC is going to be in Sacramento at that point. Uh, so that might be something that uh, maybe we can interest a few people to support, you know, three, you know, three teams here. Um, but Alamo City technically starts off uh, this week, or um, uh, uh, starts off. Um, actually, it says here on the 19th. I didn't check the score on that here um, for that against the Texas Titans. Um, and then uh, you know their home opener is actually uh, uh, May 26 against uh, uh, AHFC Royals uh, for Alamo City. Um, for the Blossoms, they start June 1st uh, on the road um, at 7 o'clock against TTI Blue Bonnets. Um, and uh, their home opener is going to be June 5th uh, on a Wednesday against Alamo City uh, for that there. And then uh, for UPSL, obviously, Samba's already kicked off. Uh, Alamo City, uh, their second team there, um, actually kicks off uh, this Saturday against uh, the Coyotes. Um, and then, of course, as we discussed, June 1st, they have their home opener. Um, and, of course, Samba's already started, which we talked about here, and, and their home opener is going to be uh, the, June, uh, uh, the June 29th against uh, – or actually, I thought it was the 22nd. I'd have to double-check that, but they, they – yeah, I want to say it's the 22nd against the Coyotes uh, for that there. So lots of opportunity to catch some women's games coming up here uh, for that here. Um, as far as the men, um, uh, as I don't know if, if you've looked at the men's uh, UPSL uh, Central Conference standings, uh, unfortunately the FC Knights uh, have already uh, departed, uh, folded. Uh, for that here, there's a tweet uh, out uh, from the UPSL Central Commissioner. Uh, for that, if you look at the standings, uh, you know, basically they're all in 14, everybody's got their points. Um, which, you know, looks good for the runners because that puts them back up in first place or tied for first place. Um, but FC Waco is probably the class of the league this year, uh, you know, still has game in hand. But uh, for the Corinthians, uh, they lost to FC Katie, uh, or uh, me, Athletic Katie, uh, FC 5-3 uh, in a match that I was hoping that they would be able to rebound because that was their first loss on the road uh, where they forfeited. Uh, their next game is the 25th against Texas International at Warrior Stadium. 
the runners uh, rolled over a Samba 10 to four, and they beat the Coyotes FC, the men's side, uh, three to four, and that one would have the winning goal in the 90th minute. So, you know, they wanted to right to death. Um, May 25th, they'll face Round Rock uh, at UTSA campus there. Uh, Samba uh, lost, uh, they only played the one match, which we just covered here. Uh, they were supposed to play backcountry FC uh, tonight, actually, um, but uh, backcountry, unfortunately, uh, was not able to uh, make it down and forfeited. And uh, on Saturday, they play at Coyotes FC uh, on the 25th. And then the Thunder didn't have any games. However, they got a doubleheader uh, again, well, a doubleheader this weekend, May 25th at FC Waco, um, and then May 26th, Rambrook. So um, it would be nice if uh, the Thunder could uh, steal a point from Waco on the road. Um, that would help out our runners a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the round rock here. But uh, standings-wise here, um, and like I said here, this is a little bit different just because the Knights, uh, you know, the points have been awarded to the Knights no matter where it was scheduled. Uh, so at this point, runners are uh, nine games played, seven, one, and one at 22 points. Uh, FC Waco, seven, one, and zero at 22 points. Samba's in fourth right now, uh, six six games played at 12 points. Uh, third is the uh, Coyotes at 15, but they have uh, 10 games played, so Samba has a really good opportunity to try to crack the top three. Uh, you know, four here, I'm not sure they, I'm not sure if they can get the top two, but uh, they should be able to be in position for one of those wild card spots. Um, the Thunder have actually played less games, only five. Um, and they're at six points, but they still got some work to do before I think you can look at it. And then, of course, um, in the south there with the Corinthians, um, they're at 12 points. First place is Houston FC and uh, Almeida FC at 16. Um, although they've got, you know, Corinthians have got a game in hand on them. Katie's in, technically in third place, but they've got eight, eight games played at 13 points. So... It looks like we should have some postseason action, and, and you have to really start thinking about that now because uh, you know you know in the central in, in the heart there's only 14 games, and most teams are you know around that nine ten uh, nine ten level here, um, with the exception of the rainouts, and you know the uh, uh, south has uh, what 14 games as well, um, so they're right at midseason, so still some work to do. Yeah, you know, I got to see uh, the Bernie Thunder play against the Coyotes. They're a very physical team, so I know that's going to be a, a tough team to beat there uh, in the Central Conference, it seems like, this season. Uh, FC Waco also, you know, a really tough team, so uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those top four shake out, as you mentioned, uh, but it is getting a lot closer to uh, playoff time for those guys, so uh, things are going to probably start to heat up for them. Uh, looking forward to seeing some more matches for the UPSL action. Um, speaking of UPSL action, there was a, a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, our two leagues we cover, uh, we're not playing nice all of a sudden. <laughs> we get them mixed up all the time here on the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. I forget if we were just talking about the UPSL or the USL. Uh, tell us a little bit about this lawsuit, Gary. So evidently it's a, it's a trademark is how how they're saying it, but I I really think it comes down to more about protecting what what's a pro league and what's not a pro league. Um, depending on who you talk to, and you know, some say hey it's it's legitimate, some say it's frivolous. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, and there's everything in between. Um, my initial thought was. Uh, you know, is, is, you know, I wish we had real leadership at USSF that would uh, kind of take the lead on trying to eliminate some of these lawsuits. Because um, really, if you look at it from USL side, they're trying to, you know, protect the, you know, protect the, the, their funds, um, protect the money. Um, and if you look at from, you know, UPSL side, um, you know, and I guess the issue kind of comes into where they're using Pro Premier and, and stuff like that, where, um, how USAL is interpreting it is, you know, they're they're saying that they're and they say they're a semi-pro team, which is what they are. Um, I've yet to hear Samba or anybody say, "Hey, they're a professional team" along those lines. 
But if you're looking at, you know, just, you know, just, just schedules where it has pro premier on there, um, I guess you could lead it to be, but if you actually know the teams, if you actually follow it, you know, there's, you know, it's a different class. So right. it's, you know, I mean, and if, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've had discussions with, you know, people on both sides of it and, you know, to me, you know, to me, it kind of feeds into, you know, USL, MLS are trying to, you know, call it what it is, bully the lower leagues, the, the non, you know, the, the non-professional leagues into whatever. Um, one interesting thought that I thought is, is um, that it was a way to kind of maybe try to force a, a semi-merger between them because uh, there are some connections uh, between PSL and USL. Uh, I don't know if I really buy that, but... Well, the thing is, is it's a lot easier for USL, I think, to afford this lawsuit than what it is, quite honestly, for the UPSL. You know, oh, yeah. It's, it's cost of representation. Yeah, it's, you know, it's about the money. And, and this is, you know, to me, a lot of people say it's very similar to, um, what is it, the NASL lawsuit here, or, you know, where, you know, they're talking about the, you know, the infringements on there. Um, but, you, uh, you know, we've heard stories where, um, USF, USSF doesn't want, you know, NPSL, their pro league, um, you know, it's not a pro league to be able to use the word pro in it, um, you know, because, you know, you know, it gives that presence that it's a professional league when technically it's not covered by, you know, USF, who, who is the one that covers it, you know, um, they're trying to go through the amateur ranks, uh, you know, to be able to get certified, so... It's just more of a mess. It's you know you know if, if you follow uh, Professor Banks uh, and I can give you his Twitter feed, he, you know he went through and 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 did a, a really good um, uh, you know uh, or, you know good breakdown of it here and, and it's a, at P R O F Bank uh, Stephen Bank. He's a, a professor at uh, I believe it was UC, I believe it's UCLA that. Uh, um, you know, that he does, but, you know, him and, and Mickey Turner, um, are real good when it comes to that, but it's just more of a mess. It's, you know, as, as somebody that covers both leagues, you and I both know that, you know, yeah, you and I may, you know, get them confused a little bit because, you know, if you look at UPSL, you know, USL, they're very similar, but... Well, look at WPSL, UWS, NWSL. I mean, they all have W's, P's, S's, and L's. You're going to have soccer, typically. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have world. There's always so many things. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's petty, uh, you know, uh, by, by USL to do it. Um, I can kind of understand why they're doing it. I just don't... I don't think it helps the game, and, and, and to me, as you know, as, as a fan of, of, of soccer and more lower league soccer, because I don't think MLS's goal is to help the game. I think you know USL is trying to grow it. You know, I think uh, you know UOPSL is definitely trying to grow it more on the grassroots and PSL. There's always so many acronyms that you can use that talks about soccer. Right. So you're going to have some cross, but if you look at the symbols. They're not even close, you know, as far as like a traditional trademark thing, um, you know, et cetera. I think it's just more about money. And, you know, you know, the other issue is, you know, UPSL has been around for years. This isn't, this isn't something that just started. Right. The problem is, is UPSL is starting to develop that foundation, starting to develop, you know, that credibility for, in my opinion, the Division 5, which I know we don't have. And in USL's, you know, because they're not under the quote unquote USL umbrella, I think that's where they're trying to, you know, squash it down, unfortunately. Well, Thomas St. George has a, a good question for us here on Twitter. He said, Do you guys think all these teams will survive here in San Antonio, even SAFC numbers are down? Uh, I'll answer it first just because I've kind of had a, a second to think about it here. Um, yeah, I do think that these teams will continue here in San Antonio. Uh, when you look at what these clubs require and what these outfits require, you know, there's there's no lack of players for these teams, um, as evident by the number of teams you've seen form here, just even in the last season uh, with the new Sporty and the Athenians coming back and Alamo now with two teams. And so you have the addition of four and I feel like some of these lower level teams, obviously they thrive on fan support. They want you guys out there to watch the games. The girls want y'all out there to watch the games. 
but I don't feel like it's as dependent financially on the fans coming out. Harry, what, what do you think? Do you think all these clubs can last here in San Antonio? I think it depends on sponsors. Um, you know, I think SAFC will stick around. Of course. Just from the fact that I think Division II UPSL is growing. And I think, I, I think if you look at the numbers, I think SAFC is making money on, you know, on the football program, depending on what the city and, and county are charging them. I think they probably have most likely have a sweetheart deal. Um, and I know that's something that you and I, you and I may discuss a little bit later on is, sure. you know, is SAFC starting to penny pinch for X reason to maximize profits, really just to maximize profits. I don't think they're losing. Um, but, you know, I think there'll be some rotation. Um, I don't think, you know, as we've seen with the Blossoms, they're going to be around because they're funded by the Academy. I think Alamo City is going to stick around. You know, they're running out three teams um, starting next uh, with the fall with the men's team, but they're going to be backed by the academy. Samba is backed by an academy. Um, so I think you're kind of seeing a trend there. Backed by an academy. If you're backed by an academy where you're going to have that, that framework and that, um, that in, in, you know, I don't want to say it's income coming in, but where you have you know, players used to paying to play for them. I think you're going to have that, you know, you know, I, th I think at the UPSL level, I think you're, you're, you know, there's there may be one or two teams that turn over like the Knights where I don't think that they have that academy uh, foundation, um, you know, because, you know, just, you know, kind of rough estimate here. I think it, on average, you know, you're probably looking, you know, to keep a UPSL team running probably between five to 75, 5,000 to 7,500 a year. So, and that's if you can, the coach anything, obviously, without that, right. that's just the, the field of squad. But that's the field squad and, and league expenses and, and stuff like that, and, and, and basic travel around here. Now, if you get you know, Open Cup, if you get you know, national playoffs, of course, that's you know, could be some added expenses, uh, for there. But yeah, I think you know, for five to you know, 7,500, you know, 5,000 to 7,500. Depending on if you can get some sponsors, sponsors, um, if you can get some income coming in, and that's why I kind of wonder with with and, and why I think it's going to be important for the runners if they can try to get their own facility outside of UTSA where they can start to you know maybe charge five bucks a ticket. That's going to be you know even if it's you know fifty bucks coming in, if you can help cover the referees or you know along those lines, that that helps the bottom line. So you know uh, you know. I, I think that you're, you're going to have a, a solid core. Will all of them stick around? I do think there's going to be some rotation just because it's lower level soccer. And, you know, you know we, we, we see it at D2, we see it at D3. You know, it, it only magnifies at this level. Yeah, and, and Back County, obviously, uh, another one that, you know, not really sure if they're going to be able to field a, a squad or not. But I, I do feel like the San Antonio teams are pretty strong in, in terms of, you know, just – their development, so we'll wait and see. But I do think the Crocketeers, with their announcement, Thomas, if you're still watching, uh, was pretty amazing. That you know, not only are they going to uh, support SAFC and be a, a supporter group for San Antonio FC, but they're also starting to branch out now. If you guys missed it, and uh, support some of these other UPSL and WPSL uh, clubs as well. So, no well, I think, you know, as a member of the Crocketeers, I think they made the decision that they're going to try to support the Athenians. Um, you know, you can argue if, if, if their conference is higher than uh, the WPSL, I, you know, I think they're kind of doing what USL did before saying, hey, we're the D2, uh, you know, D2 league and, and the WPSL is going to be more D3. Uh, so we'll have to kind of see how that shakes down. Um, in, a way, in a way, I can kind of see it because, you know, uh, there's fewer teams in, uh, you know, the United uh, Women's Soccer League there. Uh, for that here, so you know it'll 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 be interesting. But uh, you know, I'm happy you know as a you know member of the Crocketeers to you know see that you know they're they're supporting you know San Antonio soccer not just on the men's side but also on, on you know on the ladies side as well, the, the women's side as well. So um, I know Thomas and, and you know Warren put a lot of effort in, into trying to 
you know, do that. And I'm sure uh, Danielle's been uh, you know whispering in our ear here as well. So <laughs> I doubt Las Rojas had anything to do with it. Usually they have nothing to do with the advancement of the women's now. I'm just totally being sarcastic here. If you guys can't pick it up on the uh, podcast, which is good for them, you know, they're they're an important voice. Um, you know, etc. They put out you know a lot of, a few good articles here recently in regards to it. So um, you know, you know, it's and it's. It's a challenging aspect to get, you know, you know, we struggle enough trying to get coverage for, you know, the men's game. Um, in my opinion, it's, it's, what, three, four times as hard to get, you know, people to kind of cover the women's side at least. Um, you know, you look at, you know, over at Houston, you know, where, you know, the, the Dynamo barely get coverage and the Dash, you know, struggle to even get, you know, even get mentioned here. So um, that's something, you know, you know, there'll be a bump this year with the Women's World Cup, uh, you know, going on. So, you know, everybody will be, you know, it'll be, you know, pushed into everybody's vision again. Um, but you and I both know just, you know, we're both been around the block a time, time, you know, time or two that come a year or two out, you know, that, that interest, you know, slowly fades away. So maybe this year will be different, but we keep saying that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. You know, hopefully the I think the success of the women's team does help to just increase the attention on the game and everything. So hopefully they have a a good run. Uh, you know, I know they're one of the favorites, and uh, like you say, boost up some of that interest in in the sport. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the women's World Cup. And uh, again, yeah, definitely want to give a shout out to Las Rojas for all their coverage of the uh, women's game here in San Antonio. And uh, just all the articles, as you mentioned, they, they do write some really good articles. So. They do. They, they, you, know, you know, they're just like us. And, you know, they, they take time out of their day and their, their work schedule and, and stuff like that to, you know, try to, you know, try to get information out, uh, you know, for all the teams. Um, just like we do here, you know, uh, you know, Blossoms, if you're listening, you, you know, we'd like any type of feedback. Um, I know Alamo Cities, you know, we've had a few communications and, I'm going to try to make it out to their, uh, you, know, to, you know, to see them, you know, at least take my kids out there, you know, because I live right near there. So, um, you know, that'll probably be the one that I go to, you know, go to Samba that's across town. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit more of an effort to get out, but I try to, you know, at least go out once or twice a, a season now to their, um, you know, just the fall season, it just seems like there's a lot less going on, you know. It is, and it's not so hot, you know. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. We're going to be coming up to the warm months here. Um, and playing games at 4 o'clock, you know, you know, like this weekend, uh, you know, I think it's supposed to be in the, in the mid-90s. Um, so, uh, you know, unlike when, you know, AJ had his tournament, he was, you know, a little bit of rain and, you know, in the you know, 70s. Summer's here. Summer is here. Uh, so let's get into it, man. We, we were a little over halfway, actually, into the episode. We haven't even mentioned uh, San Antonio FC. Not an intended thing here. Uh, you know, it has nothing to do with attendance. But. So, since we were last on, uh, they've had three home matches. Uh, on May 11th, they played a 0-0 game against uh, OCSC, and the game was as memorable as the score. There really wasn't they came out, and I think the first 10 minutes, they had some opportunities. You know, OCSC adjusted, and it just played out. And I think at the end of the game, really, OCSC had probably the better chances of sneaking away with the points. And that's what uh, I felt like, too. You know, it was almost one of those games where we've seen them so often, you just wait for the final whistle and hope they don't put one in there, you know, an extra time or something like that to, to go away with three. So I felt like uh, I was definitely happy that we walked away with a point in that one because uh, I felt like, you know, towards the end there, we were kind of just holding on. And then on May 14th, uh, they played uh, Jose's uh, Laredo Heat. And uh, Jose, I'm still not sure if you're SAFC accepted yet, but. Uh, um, <laughs> you haven't seen him since. I, I, still, yeah, I still don't know where he's going. He's probably in the you know. Or he might have got beat up. That might have been a lot happening here. Alex Bruce carton again with uh, Jose's face on it uh, this time. <laughs> Uh, they won two nothing. Uh, Pascal Busi got the the first goal, and then I think it was Guzman that got the one that hit the crossbar and dropped in, and you know immediately came out. But uh, thankfully the uh, the refs were on it, and uh, uh, 
caught that it dropped in because that could have been very easily uh, missed here because it, it was in and out in a flash. Well, um, the momentum that the radio heat were kind of playing with at the time, you know, they mm -hmm. didn't look quite as good as I, I've seen some of them, them play. And maybe it was just because they were on the pitch with San Antonio FC and not playing against another NPS. But that's also their second game, too. Right? And they have a brand new team. They only had three yeah, new players for last season. So it is an entirely new squad as well. And then uh, this last week here, uh, once again, they started out well. Uh, May 18th, a 1 1 draw against Tulsa Roughnecks. So that's uh, three matches that we have not beat Tulsa. Uh, going dating back to last year, um, and before last year, we never lost to them. We always got, I think, maybe one tie, but mostly uh, victories. Uh, so it was another one where, hey, you got the early goal, and they adjusted, and that was it. And you know, they, they you know, they got a good goal. I know it was an own goal, uh, but I, I thought it was a hell of a free kick and. I would have gave it to you know to the Tulsa player you know you know right, you know before I hear I'm not sure why they considered it an old goal but it is what it is and then uh, you know so coming up for SAFC uh, this weekend they play May 25th at RGV uh, May 29th on next Wednesday they got an Open Cup match at Austin Bowl and then do follow it up June 1st they play at Sacramento so. Uh, our uh, winless woad streak here could continue. Uh, RGV is playing decent. You know, I can see us tying there. Austin Bold, you know, there's got to be a winner uh, on that one. Um, and then at Sacramento, um, it's always been tough. It's always been close. It's always been defensive. Um, but I don't believe we've ever got a victory um, in Sacramento uh, for that here. So. It does not get easier uh, for San Antonio FC, and uh, currently they are uh, still in 16th place uh, for that year. Which so, really doesn't mean anything, though, when you look at point differential. I mean, what is it, two games? I don't have enough in front of me, but they're two games. I think it matters, but yeah, it, you know, in, the grand, in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're at 12 points. If they win and everybody else lost in between them, they could technically go up to ninth place. So we keep saying, hey, they're not that far. But they're not that far. Yeah, keeps, keeps creeping up. And that, that's and, where it matters. And, and that's, and that's and especially where you got two on the road, which they, they played like crap on the road, let's be honest, outside of the first half against um, uh, Real Monarchs. You know, they, they have not had good success on the road. Um, you know, they really can't, they're really not going to go any lower because Colorado Springs and Tacoma, you know, you know, they're not going to pass SAFC. So if you're really looking at the standings for, you know, for the competitive teams this year, they're at the bottom. So I know everybody says, hey, we're, we're such and such. <sighs> you know, if, if you can't get success on the road, how much longer are you going to ride the train? And, and you know, that's that's something that you and I were discussing after the match is really where, where is this where is this team? And, and you know, the, the subs that came on weren't, you know, you know, you know, were what academy kids that I think that came on with Gallegos, uh, you know, Gallegos, Gallegos, uh, you know, was on an academy contract. Well, when you uh, look at the 18, what subs did they really have for the match? I mean, Moses Hernandez was out because of the accumulated yellows. Well, no, he, he started on this one here, right? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. We're talking the, the last one, yeah. The last oh. one here. So, Estrepo came on and Gallegos, uh, uh, I can't say that. Gallegos. Gallegos came on uh, for that. They only did the two subs again, um, you know, before they here. Um, but, yeah, the subs that they had, Muscusi, uh, Busi, uh, Fenwick, uh, Bryant uh, and Torres. So yeah, you know Torres, who's a U15, what, a U15 player. Um, he is on a professional contract. You got Bryant and and uh, Gallegos. Gallegos, that's all right. Can't roll there. Jose, roll the you can just now. say Jose. Jose, <laughs> 27. We're going 27. <laughs> uh, both are on academy contracts, and. I know we just keep talking about, you know, the the time for a coaching change, but it's like, you know, part of me, too, uh, you know, wonders 
coach can't really help when they're out there on the pitch. I mean, he can't help them execute. And the fact that we can't put a shot on target outside the 18 to save our lives, I mean, Coach Powell can't go out there and shoot for him. I mean, so I guess, you know, I, I get with some of the tactics and things like that, you know, where I think people have more frustrations with him from the past. Than oh, yeah, it's the past. It's, 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 I think what, with Coach Powell, it's more we keep doing the same thing. You know, or it hasn't been, you know, it's, and even on this game, it's like, hey, take it up the sides and then try to cross it in. You saw Pirano attacking through the middle. But he's the only one, though. So who else is supposed to play? Who else is supposed to that's, do something? That's the question. He can't make the passes for him. He can't and sit there and make the runs for him. And I think that's something that you and I, when we were talking about the roster, where's the depth on this team? And, and I think that's the I think that's, to me, I think that's got to be a question is, you know, hey, I'm all for Brian's Torres and, 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 and Gallegos getting time. I'm, I'm all for that. But these are young kids. You know, we're playing D2. And, you know, to, to me, I don't see the depth on this year's team compared to the last couple of years as far as the veterans that you could, that you could bring in. Uh, you, know, you know, I know Rafa's on, Rafa Castillo's on, on, on technically on, on the roster, but um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if, it's, if if he's really going to be playing. You know, just you know, based you know, based uh, you know, last week he you know he was you know at the tailgate with the Athenians, um, you know, his, which is where he was. So to me, like I said, where where is where where is the the star power that you can bring off 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 the bench? You know, you you look at the elite teams; they can bring in a starting eleven player. And I'm not saying San Antonio's players aren't good, but there's a reason why they're on the bench. Well, so Bruce still being on load there. Well, that's the whole. (laughs) I mean, we sit here and talk about lack of depth, and we've got a very talented player. You know, I don't know if you want to call him one of our best or not, but a very talented player up there in Lansing, helping them out scoring goals. Scoring goals. Scoring goals. But meanwhile, that's why I say I, I just I, I get the frustration with Coach Powell, especially in previous years when we had more depth and you saw all these different changes and we weren't doing the same thing week in and week out. But I feel like this year, this team, you can't really fault him the same way that we have been in the past. Yeah. So I guess here's here's my question is if it's not on Coach Powell, and, and like I said, I think he has a lot to do with 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 building this roster. Um, is it then on, on, on Mr. Tim Holt? Is that who, who we're starting to look at as far as, because um, I know when, at the Crocketeers annual meeting, he mentioned right from the start that they were going to go a little bit thinner on the roster, um, but he thought that, you know, that, you know, you know, that, that they had the right pieces, but, you know, we've already lost one of the star, you know, star players that, you know, or well, two star players, really, you know, you know, with okay. Mitch and then uh, Leroy, you know, you know, who unfortunately had, had a major injury. Well, who knows when Pekka's going to be back? Yeah, you know, Pekka, you know, so, so they've been hit by, by the injuries, but to me, my question is, is, you know, San Antonio's not a, the switchbacks, because that, that's some of the frustrations with the switchbacks. And the coach came out and said, "Hey, our hands are tied. Our roster is is what it is. You know, we, we can't do any more." Why isn't San Antonio trying to go out, or, or why aren't they signing players? You know, and I'm not talking about the young academy local SAFC kids here. That's I'm talking point. about proven, proven vets yeah. that can come in and give that spark. You know, like they did with the. Uh, um, Lane last year, where they brought him in. Although I think they brought him in a little bit later than, than what, what they what they should have this year. Yeah. But to me, we're getting to that midsummer, you know, midsummer time where you're gonna, you know, instead of playing, you know, you know, the weather that we've had, we've been fairly lucky with the weather where it hasn't been as hot. But it's gonna start to get hot where you're gonna need that depth for you know for player rotation. And I don't see the talent on this side here as being equal to what we've had before. Well, and we've got, you know, another three games in eight days after just playing three games in eight days, you know, with the Open Cup. So it's like, you know, 
heaven forbid we have any success in that because I just don't know how, like you say, with the lack of depth, they're going to be able to manage the minutes, especially as the uh, temperatures continue to get hotter. And you're going to start having card accumulations. You're going to have, you're going to start accumulating little nicks and injuries. You know, we've already seen Guzman being, you know, being out with nicks and injuries. You know, like, Prano, Prano, you know, who's the little spark plug, although, you know, you got to wonder when he finds the net because he's had some opportunities and let's just put it this way. He hasn't took advantage of it as, as of yet. We're going to save that one for another day because I have some thoughts on Pirano. I want to confirm them and I need to go back and look at some film before we, uh, we break this down. But I agree with you there. He's been struggling a little bit, in my opinion, as fun as he is to watch and everything. The final third. The fights that, yeah, what do you do with it afterwards? I mean, it's great if you beat two guys, but then if you turn the ball over, what did you accomplish? Now, yeah. um, you could argue that his footwork and his ability draws defenders away from other guys, making them open and creating chances. But if you're not dishing the ball off to them, you're not creating chances. But we're going to save that one for next episode because I'm going to get some game film because I know with Pirano, if I don't have, like, facts to back it up, we're just going to start you're getting here real quick. Just- Dude, anytime SAFC puts him up for fan of the game or player of the game, he wins. So yeah. No comment on Pirano right now. <laughs> We're going to have that discussion next week. And I love Pirano. I, 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 think, he, I think he's the creative piece that we need. He is. I just, I just think, you know, we'll, 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 we'll share our thoughts here a little bit later. But I think the bigger story from the Tulsa game had nothing to do with what's on the field. But more what happened, or uh, let me say, what didn't happen in the stands. I know where you're going with this. The attendance was only 5,704. No, it wasn't. You know, you you see Toyota Field when it's like 7,000, and you're like, okay, there's probably about 7,000 here, and it'll be like 6,800, 7,500, and that's a full Toyota Field. And uh, I feel like that was maybe a, a half full stadium on Saturday. So, I mean, you're probably looking at like 3,500 people. So, for all those that want to bash the uh, attendance numbers with all the other clubs and say they're fudging their numbers, everybody does it. So, yeah. But I'm going to go a step further, and I don't know who to blame on this. The tailgate area, you know, the Crocketeers was okay, wasn't the best. Mission Cities and 210s, you know, was there, but not, it wasn't their normal crowds. So, and I don't know what's happened, you know, you know, I know supporter groups have drama, you know, so keeping that aside here. But if SAFC is starting to lose the supporter groups, you know, the supporter group members, if they're not turning out, um, how, you know, the walk-up crowd isn't going to be there. Um, and I know on social media, you know, and this was a concert, you know, that, that they had with the clocks, which, which was a, you know, it was a good concert. You know, it wasn't a star act, don't get me wrong, but, it, you know, me and AJ went and, you know, it was, it was fun and, you know, they, you know, they did their show. But to me, it, you, I'm not seeing the buzz around SAFC, not only, not only in the stadium, but, you know, out in the tailgate with the supporters, I don't think we get quite the interaction that we got last year when we're putting up SAFC stuff. You've seen that more with, you know, the player votings. Matt did win, you know, uh, State of the Week here, which is the first time that San Antonio's won this year, which typically in the past, if San Antonio was up, unless they were going against, you know, Cincinnati, they typically won, won those events, you know, won those votings. Um, and, and this year, it's I just I just don't see the same excitement or the same engagement. I guess engagement is, is, is probably the better better word for it because I think if you talk to the people that are engaged, they're excited, they support the team. The problem is is that engagement has dropped, and I don't know. You know, I know part of it's on the performance. I know, you know, some of it's, you know, MLS, uh, you know, MLS going away. Uh, some of it has to do with, you know, SAFC kind of creating the one supporters area and, and kind of, in my opinion, stripping all the supporter groups of 
their individual identities and, and making it, hey, you know, SAFC support group area, which I understand their game plan, you know, their, their idea, but I think you lose a little bit of the, you know, you know, Mission City, you lose a little bit of from 210, you lose a little bit of that identity from um, the Crocketeers. I just don't know how you swing this around without, you know, I don't even know if this year, you know, if they make a playoff run, and, and I say if because, you know, looking at performance-wise, uh, third of the way in, they're not on pace to do that. I don't even think that saves the season as far as when it comes to attendance in the stadium. The atmosphere. See, I don't know if I agree with that. I think if they start performing well, and let's just say that they start to go on a playoff run. I mean, you kind of saw there, I feel like, towards the end of last season, and maybe it's just, uh, you know, a foggy memory or whatever. But it seems like attendance started picking up when it was like, oh, if we win the next four, if we win the next three, if we win the next two, people started coming out to the games. And it's it's no I think it's different this year. It is they, different this year. It is. I, and I'm not saying that attending will jump back up. Because I think they've kind of got burnt. You know, they've got teased for, what, three years now. Well, I think about Tim Holt at the beginning of the season and how fired up everybody was when he came out there and he said, this is the year. We are not stopping anything. We want, you know, performance. We want production. This is the year. And it's, like you said, probably one of the weakest rosters we've had and San Antonio FC history. I mean, when you look at the depth, at least after the starting 11, and even within that starting 11, I feel like you could argue that this is one of the weaker San Antonio FC teams. <laughs> I put it that this is a, for the first time, <coughs> excuse me, You're good. for the first time, I think this is a team that's comparable to what the Scorpions put out, where, where, where I don't think it's the, you know, it's, it's not, it's, to me, it's not a top quality USL championship team. Where, where if you go up against New Mexico, you know, you know New Mexico United, you say, well, hey, it's, it's going to be a dogfight. I, th- I would consider us even at home an underdog to a team like New Mexico United right now. And I don't think you could have ever said that in, in the past. And I know, you know, USL, you know, the, the USL championship, you know, has, has grown and it's got tougher each year. And this is where it goes back to whether, whether it's on Coach Powell or, you know, Tim Holt, are they not adjusting to the rising level, to the rising level in, you know, USL you know, play? In, in the USL play? Because I feel like we've kind of, you know, we've kind of reached that plateau and then we haven't took the step like Phoenix Rising has, like, um, New Mexico is coming out of the gate here. You know, you know, heck, Austin's even. You know, if you look at the standings, you know, they're outperforming us. You know, as well. So, you know, it's. I think this is going to be a. You know, I don't even think the results are what's pivotal right now. I think it's. Are they going to bring in somebody that that can be that spark? Um, and, well, and, and to me, what position do you bring in? I think it has to be in the midfield. Um, you know, but you know, who in the infield would, would you be pulling out? But yeah, you know, t- you know, to me, I think I think you got to do something to shake up this team. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people say the easy answer is Coach Powell. But you know, even if Car- uh, you know Coach Marcina takes over, I don't think that's a fix to the roster. It's not a fix to the roster, but when you talk about who do you bring in to put butts in the stands, if they do get rid of Coach Powell, I think that'll be the reason why. I don't know if it'll be entirely about, you know, the, the product on the pitch. Obviously, that's going to have some play in it. But, you know, under new management kind of always helps get people interested again. So I feel like if they make it far enough into the season, you know, maybe a few more weeks, like you talk about that mid-June point or that mid-summer point, excuse me, that may be, I've said this, I feel like since kind of the beginning of the season, when they start to evaluate that coaching change. And I think that, as you mentioned, you know, how do you create that spark? How do you start to fill the stands again? That may be part of it, too, as to... But you can't wait too long, though, if, you know, you know I work in customer service. If you lose that customer and they go elsewhere... It's and you work in you know a customer service sales business. If you lose that customer, it's twice as hard to bring them to come back. But I tell you why it's different though. Where else are you going to go? 
I mean, we talked about this, you know, when we talked about what would happen if San Antonio FC was no more. Who are you going to go out there to support? Yeah. You know? and, and that's just, I, I get where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. There will be some people that go say, man, that wasn't that great of a time and I'm never going to go back. You know, I'm kind of that way with the missions where it's like I've been to a couple of those games, you know, like if there's a free ticket or a reason to go to one, sure, but I'm not going to go back to another missions game after their stadium and stuff like that. The one thing that I think that SAFC has to be very careful on, and I think you've seen this, is the number one selling point for San Antonio FC is the atmosphere that the fans bring. Yep. If they yep. start to lose that atmosphere, and this is no disrespect to, to RGV and, and you know Austin and, and stuff teams. like that, but if you lose that atmosphere, we're no different than those teams. Um, you know, yeah, they'll get the three, four, five, or you know, five thousand that that come out. But the Tulsa match, there wasn't that energy that you felt. You know, you know, at least in my opinion, that 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 normally happens. And I think you saw that kind of OC match as well, where everybody was just just sitting on their hands waiting for something, and that something never happened. And and you know. You know, the players always say, hey, Toyota Fields, that, that, that extra push that they have, at 5,700, are we really being, you know, are we really being that push for the players? And, and you know, like I said here, it's, you know, it's incumbent on all of us that, that support the team, um, you know, to, to try to, you know, make sure that you go out because, you know, you know, I know a, a few season ticket members that, that that I know that haven't been out to the last two or three matches, um, and some of it's life. Don't get me wrong, but you know, when when the team's not getting the results, or you know, you you find it's easier to find other things to do on a Saturday night. Right, and you know, I, like I say, I, I think, and I don't want to get into this too much right now because we're going to have another discussion on uh, some of our thoughts on San Antonio FC as a whole and just uh, the longevity of the program and the direction that we think they might be going. Um, so I definitely want to get into that some more uh, after we've had some discussion and done some more research on our next episode. Uh, but we're kind of coming up on the uh, 60th minute yeah. mark right now. Um, so, you know, I'd like to just kind of give you a chance, man, any, any final thoughts or uh, anything that we've missed? Yeah, so my final thought is go out and support the teams. And I'm not just talking about San Antonio FC, but, you know, you know the, the, the ladies teams here that are in town, um, you know, the, the UPSL men's teams in town, you know, the runners, the, you know, the, you know, Samba men and women, um, you know, a lot of, you know, it's two hours out. Um, of your time here, but it makes a huge, huge impression. Number one on the players that, that are playing, um, but number two for the viability of of soccer here in San Antonio. And um, you know, outside of MLS going to forty, we may never ever go to MLS. Um, which I'm personally, I'm fine with that. But we, you know, you know, if you get the opportunity to go out and, and like I said here, you know, I'll try to be a little bit more, uh, you know, posting of schedules for you know for you know for all the teams here and, and like I said, I know, uh, you know, you do a good job of, of posting articles on there, and I guess that's something that I should probably try to do, even though I don't think I'm a good writer. Hey, I'll do uh, it for you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, but that's something that's you know, but with soy staff, with uh, play of the game, with Las Rojas. There's a lot of people that are dedicating to where if you want to find the information, and obviously if you're listening to this show, uh, you're, you're, you probably already know. But um, for those that are just tuning in, you know, because you, you know, you know, you know, you know, for that here, just go out and support. I don't care who you support, or, or you know, you know, if it's just a game or two, that adds up. Absolutely, yeah. And so for me, for my final thoughts, I just wanted to. Uh, Give a shout out to Rafa, uh, his boys in the uh, Alamo City shootout uh, there with Mission City YSO IME. Uh, won the Alamo City shootout for the uh, U19s. I got to watch nice. them on uh, Sunday and watch the match. Yeah, he's, he's got some talented kids, man. I, I think they ended up winning the championship six or seven to zero because uh, I missed oh, them. Yeah, they scored the first goal in like two or three minutes. Uh, very fast, very attacking team. So it was a lot of fun watching those boys and 
getting to see all the smiles on their faces, you know, holding up that trophy, which is always fun, and just kind of getting to see Rafa there in uh, his natural setting as, as he was coaching his players and everything. So just uh, wanted to give a congratulations to them, a huge shout-out to them on winning the uh, Alamo City shootout. So are we going Rafa for Coach SAFC now is what I'm hearing? I, I think he's working on his last license that he needs, but yeah, yeah, we'll start a push for that here on the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, Rafa for 2020. I'm sure, sure that'll go well for him. <laughs> That'd be a little confusion if we're talking about Castillo or Castorina, but our Rafa C can't go wrong. Rafa C, there you go. We'll just say Rafa C and nobody will know. <laughs> well, Harry, again, thanks, man, for jumping on with me tonight. I know we were kind of the skeleton crew this evening. But we'll be back on uh, our regular time uh, next week on Tuesday at 9 p.m. Uh, for the uh, Open Cup match. Obviously going to be on Wednesday, so we'll do our show on Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody, for watching. This is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.